balancing between faith and doubt. Doubt is one of those things that every human experiences. But maybe we don't always like to talk about it. We'd be more comfortable sharing with you our successes, our faith, our trust, but doubts. And so I find it interesting that when Jesus first appears to his disciples, remember he's already appeared to Mary Magdalene in John's gospel. Now it's at the end of the day that he appears to these disciples that are gathered here. And what did he say to them? Peace be with you. Peace be with you. You see, Jesus wants his disciples to know peace. He wants them to experience peace. He wants them to be people of peace. And so he says to them, peace be with you. And so on this Eastern Orthodox Easter morning, it is my belief that Jesus wants the people of Ukraine to know that God's peace is with them. As our political parties begin to ramp up their plans and their rhetoric and the activities, I think Jesus would want you to know that he has come to bring you peace, even in the midst of political tensions. After Easter gatherings, perhaps you had a family gathering and maybe there was some family there that didn't agree on things. And Jesus wants you to know that he has come to bring you peace. Jesus brings us peace. Even though we disagree, we argue, we may even doubt our neighbor's intentions towards us. And yet Jesus has come to bring peace. He wants you to experience the fullness of his love and grace so that you can truly experience peace. To be at peace with yourself. To be at peace with one another. John told us at the end of the gospel that he has shared this whole book, the Gospel of John, so that we might continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing him, that you will have life by the power of Jesus' name. You see, Thomas's doubt is poignant because Jesus comes in the midst of doubt and brings peace. So we can have doubts. As a matter of fact, you know, uh, I, I relate to this story in particular because my parents gave me the middle name of Thomas. So I've always been the one that my brothers looked at and said, oh, there's the doubter. And I, I wish that I could have names like, like their middle names, like Mark, I mean, the great gospel writer. I mean, why did David get him? And, you know, and, and Brent, he got Philip. I love Philip. I mean, this, this amazing convert to the faith. I mean, it is just a powerful story to hear what Philip does. 
And you remember the Ethiopian eunuch? And, and then he goes and spreads the gospel in Antioch. And, you know, why can't I be like that? I get to be Thomas, the doubter. But what we often forget is that they all doubted. It's just that the other disciples that have seen Jesus the week before have actually already seen him. So their doubt has dissipated. But they all doubted. Do you remember when Mary and the other women came running from the tomb to tell the disciples and the disciples listened to them and they dismissed what Mary had to say with them? They doubted. And we doubt. And Jesus still comes with the promise of peace. Last summer, we walked together through the book of Hebrews, last fall. Um, and I shared with you uh, a portion of Hebrews that is uh, very special to Patty and me. It was inscribed in the sanctuary of the first church that I was called to serve. Um, it was a large church. I was the youth and family life pastor at this church. And um, so on the, and, and the sanctuary was, was, a, was built in the round. It was a circular, they used, you know, it was farm country, so they used to call it the silo. Uh, but <laughs> it was a great big sanctuary. It seated 750 people. And um, around the, the frieze, there was a frieze, a wooden frieze all the way around. On the top part of that were the names from chapter 11 of Hebrews. You remember um, how it begins? Abel, Enoch, Abraham. Um, it goes through all the Joseph and, and it goes through all those beginning names. And then, then the artist filled in other names around the frieze. And um, even included a few women, which back in the early 60s was quite a radical movement. Um, and, and then underneath the names of this frieze is written, you know, the names are taken from Hebrews 11. Hebrews 12, verse 1, and the first part of verse 2 is inscribed then below all the names. And it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, think of all those names, all those saints who have gone before us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin that clings so closely to us. And let us run. Any runners in the crowd this morning? Let us run with perseverance. Let us run with perseverance. Don't give up. Looking to Jesus. Looking to who? To Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. That's what is inscribed around this sanctuary. And those are important words for us today because doubt is a very human experience. And because of that, how do we balance our doubt and our faith? by keeping our eyes focused on Jesus. Because doubt can make its inroads. I remember when I was in college and Patty and I were dating and there was, um, 
some of our friends were getting engaged. We had met in Bible camp this summer before, and uh, some of our friends were getting engaged. And I remember, I think Patty was beginning to have doubts that I would ever propose to her. And so we finally had the frank conversation over onion rings at Dino's <laughs> in Northfield, Minnesota, where we finally figured out that maybe what we were what we had going here in this relationship was something that we should continue. And, and so she overcame her doubts as I overcame my fears. And we made that decision on that night that we should move ahead in this relationship and get married. You see, doubt happens to every single one of us. And Jesus wants us to know that his faith, this gift that he has given us, is more powerful than any doubts or any fears that we might actually have. Have you ever doubted that something might actually happen? Maybe you've been waiting for a job promotion. Maybe you've been looking for a job. Perhaps you have been praying for healing from a lingering illness. These are weights. These are burdens that cling so close to us, kind of like lint on fabric. Maybe, maybe you have done something else. Maybe you've destroyed a relationship with your words, your comments, or maybe your actions. And now you wonder if you will ever be able to experience the restoration of that relationship. These are sins that linger and cling so close to us. That is why the writer of Hebrews says this, let us lay aside every weight and every sin that clings so closely to us. And let us run the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. What this means is that, that it doesn't mean that we will never experience doubt. It doesn't mean that we will never experience sin, that we will never experience hardship. We will always experience doubt and sin and hardship because we are human. We are not God. But the question is, as you experience that, where do you look? Do you look behind at the sin? Do you look behind at the weight of the burden? Or do you look ahead? The one who is ahead of us is Jesus. He is the one that is calling us, beckoning us to come and to follow him. So where will we put our eyes in the midst of our doubts? Behind us or in front of us? I've asked my granddaughter, Lila, to assist me with the sermon this morning. Do you want to come on up, sweetheart? And um, Alex and his dad uh, constructed this balance beam here yesterday. And uh, so hopefully you can see me from online. So um, Lila is becoming a budding gymnast. So yeah, we'll, we'll let others come up too. But you, you help me out first, okay? 
Can you walk across us? Okay, now do it on the beam. You see the, the, the post here? Okay. You want to try it? Do you need me to hold your hand? Look at that. Look at that. Do you want to try it? Do you want to, do you want to walk across? You're thinking about it. Did I hear? <laughs> Any other kids? Come on up if you'd like to try it. Ariella, you going to come up here? You may not even need me to hold your hand. <laughs> but I'm here if you, if you need it. Should we watch Ariella do it? <laughs> here, let me uh, weight it down here. Oh, sorry. Look at that. Anybody, anyone else want to try it? Sure? <laughs> all right, thank you, girls. Do you want to try it, Maeve? No, okay. You can, you can go back with Mom. That's all right. All right, here comes Parker. Do you want, do you want to hold my hand? Look at that. Isn't that amazing? Very cool. Good job, Parker. Now, do you, do you notice something? That uh, when they hold out the hand, um, I grab the hand. Do you want some help? You know, that's, that's what we're called to do as brothers and sisters in Christ. It's when, when people are walking the walk of faith, you know, we're there to accompany them. Good job, Charlotte. We're there to accompany them. We're there to walk with them, to help support them along the way. And, and so um, there's a quote that Alex had. I, I think it's original with him. Um, and he said that, that the hands and the feet of the Holy Spirit are the brothers and sisters of Christ in the community. Isn't that kind of a cool thought? I mean, we don't know what the Holy Spirit looks like. John calls him the paraclete, uh, which doesn't help at all. And, and, and so, you know, we don't have a real formative understanding of what the Holy Spirit might look like. And, uh, but if the Holy Spirit did have hands and feet, it'd be you. You'd be the hands and feet of the Holy Spirit, assisting, walking with those who are walking by faith. When, when we are ready to fall off the balance beam, there's someone there to hold on to us. That's what God has done. He has given us this gift of brothers and sisters in Christ so that we don't ever have to walk alone. So a couple of lessons from, the, from this balance beam. First of all, let's keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Let's keep looking forward. Um, I love this concept um, uh, th that Alex shared, you know, the hands and the feet. And to buttress this, I found a, uh, a reference, a quote in Galatians 6. Paul writes, bear one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. 
So bear each other's burdens. Help those who have sinned. Experience the forgiveness of Christ and the newness of life. And so the first thing is keeping our eyes focused on Jesus when we walk across the beam, looking forward, looking ahead. My question then is, who will God call you to help balance in your life today? Think about that. And, you know, that means that we have to take a little time to pray, reflect, think about our lives. And who is God calling you today to help balance between faith and doubt? Maybe, maybe God's calling you to help your child. Maybe God is calling you to help your spouse. Maybe God is calling you to help a neighbor. Maybe God is helping you to help my daughter. (laughs) Secondly, when we fall by doubting or by sinning or becoming weary, remember that God's love and grace is more profound and more sufficient than you can imagine. Remember what Jesus told Thomas when he reappeared to the disciples for the second time and he appeared to Thomas for the first time. He said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Helpful words for us. Do not doubt, but believe. When you fall off the balance beam, I want you to know how big and how strong God is. I want you to know how amazing God's love is for you. And I want you to know the power of his grace through Jesus. In Matthew uh, chapter 11, at the very end, the last couple of verses, Jesus teaches this. He says to the people, that are gathered. Come to me, all of you that are weary and that are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What Jesus is saying here is that he has come to take away all those weights and those sins and those burdens that cling so closely to you. You know, the ones maybe that you're still not sure you want to give up, he's here to take them away. And he has something to offer you in exchange. It's his yoke of teaching. And when he puts this yoke of teaching upon you, it is light. It is not burdensome. It actually brings joy and brings life. Don't worry about your neighbor's sins or weights. Focus on you because Jesus will help you through yours. When you fall off the balance beam, Jesus doesn't ridicule you. He doesn't make you start over. He doesn't tell you to back it up. He picks you up. He helps you back onto the balance beam. And he lets you go again. 
So don't worry about everyone else. Keep focus on you and your relationship with God. And all the other stuff will eventually fall into place. Maybe it's been a long time since you followed Jesus. Maybe you have never followed Jesus before. It's not too late to start now or to start again. You know, I, I love John's gospel. I love this writer, this author. I love this beloved disciple of Jesus. I mean, he is amazing. You know, the, the letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, are so powerful, so filled with God's love and grace. I mean, I, you can't help but just love this disciple. And a few years back, we were introduced to a new movie that was put out about the resurrection. It's called Risen. I don't know if anyone has seen that. Um, but it's the story of a Roman uh, military tribune um, who is kind of a mid-level officer in the Roman military who is sent to Jerusalem to investigate the death of Jesus and the supposed resurrection of Jesus. And so he is an investigator checking all this stuff out. And in this movie, right towards the very beginning, you get introduced to the beloved disciple. I think it's John. But this guy is so filled with God's love. It is just powerful and amazing. I mean, he is filled with joy. And as we watched that movie, I couldn't help but think, I want to be more like that guy. <laughs> I want to have the kind of joy and love that he has. I mean, he... These disciples went through all kinds of craziness. And yet, this beloved disciple is just overwhelmed with joy. Christian leaders often refer to last Sunday as the high point of the church year, and, and it is. The same Christian leaders often point to this Sunday as the low point of the Christian year. It is not. Today is just as celebrative, celebrative, I don't know how to say that word, um, it's just as important as last Sunday, Easter Sunday. Because Easter is not a one-time event. Easter is an experience that should last your lifetime. But we do have a problem moving from Easter Sunday into Easter season and beyond. And the problem is that we can, get, we can get distracted. I mean, distracted by good things. We can get distracted by not such good things. But we can get distracted. And what this gospel is trying to do for us is to remind us of why it's important to keep our eyes on Jesus. The story from John about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ has a purpose. This book has a purpose. The miracles and the signs and the teachings, the discipleship, the lessons that we learn from this book have a purpose. That purpose is that you will have life by the power of Jesus' name. Remember that 31st verse? The end of chapter 20. But these are written... These words are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, 
you may have life in his name. That's the purpose of God's peace. That's the purpose of walking a balanced life between faith and doubt. That's the purpose of this book. That you and I, that we might have life and have it abundantly. I invite you to continue your Easter walk. And as we continue that Easter walk, let's keep our eyes not focused on the past, but keep our eyes focused on the future. Looking to Jesus, who is the pioneer of this awesome and wonderful faith, and who will perfect your faith. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the gift of your Son and for the life that he has come to bring us and to give us. Help us to receive that life and to receive it abundantly. In the midst of of the weights and the burdens and the sins that cling so closely, help us to let go of that stuff, Lord, and help us to follow you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.